0: Two images I'd like to give you for our Marian consecration today as we celebrate this feast. It's one of my favorite feasts, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, The first image is a serious one, so um, I want to party after this, so everyone's invited over to the rectory afterwards uh, to have a roast, so I bought a shoulder butt roast. I personally don't know what that means, I know Jamie knows what it means, but I don't know what it means, but I've been making that all day when I opened the package. Um, I did something I tell everyone not to do. Like, when you cut things, you always cut away from yourself. But I made a mistake of cutting towards myself, and I cut my finger. And once I got to the Newman Center, I realized it's not really healing. So what I did was put some neosporin on there, right? So I pray that um, this mass is like neosporin for all those areas in our lives where we, we've been cut up, right? So there's been times where we've been, things have just hurt, and I pray at the consecration, the, the prayers of this mass begin to heal all that has been cut up in your life. The second image I want to give you is one that happened when I was in seminary. I had a brother priest, his name is Father Alvin Amadi, and he is in Kiel at this point, so that's actually a place that exists in the Green Bay Diocese. And when we were seminarians, we'd always go up to Chambers Island, and while we were there, we'd, ha- we'd play a game called fact or crap. But Father Alvin, you can tell he's probably not from America, um, he has an accent, so he would say, Oh gosh, let's play fact or crap. So that's how we'd say it. And um, I, I believe that this this image of and the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe has been almost a 491-year game of fact or crap. Because if this is all real, if this story of Our Lady of Guadalupe and her intercession, the miracles upon miracles with this image, if it's all real, that means we have to surrender to that and honor that and devote ourselves to that. But if it's not, we say it's crap, this is dumb, it's not true. So I just want to go over a brief history of this um, with the image because Our Lady Guadalupe, as we celebrate this, she appeared first on the 9th to Juan Diego, who was an Indian convert, an Aztec convert. And she asked him to go to the bishop and tell him to build a chapel on that spot. The bishop's name was Bishop Zumuranga, and he asked Juan Diego for a sign as proof. That it was truly the Mother of God. Our Lady instructed Juan Diego to gather some roses in his tilma, which is a popular piety that tests that Mary arranged the roses in the tilma herself and present them to the bishop. As Juan Diego did this, the roses fell from the floor from his tilma, and the miraculous image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as you see it before the altar, appeared in real life. And there's ten astounding facts that the, with the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe that I'd like to look at. And as my former pastor, Father Matt, seminar would say, that don't, that don't, that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. And, and, but, it, but it does, because through faith and science, this has all come to make sense. So as I'm preaching, if you have the image in front of you, you can look at it, or you can look at the image here. Um, but with this, this image, the first astounding fact with this image is that there's no under sketch or drawing on the image. They've actually found out that the image is actually almost hovering over the canvas. The second fact, astounding fact, is that the image has lasted and it actually shows not one sign of deterioration. Most tilmas made out of cactus last between 15 to 30 years, and this one, to this date, has lasted to 400, up to 491 years and some change. And it's even been able to survive some travesties. So in 1778, a worker accidentally spilled strong nitric acid onto a large portion of the image, and it didn't affect it. So for those you who are science people, nitric acid has the capability of destroying metal. It was poured on this image, didn't destroy it. And additionally, In the year 1921, a gentleman took 12 sticks of dynamite, put them in the vase, and then put um, roses on there so no one would know. And he put them right under the image of Our Lady. And it blew up windows that were about 150 feet away. There was a brass crucifix that was actually twisted out of shape. You can go down there to this day to Mexico City. But the image was left unharmed. That all make no sense, right? How, how in the world could that be? And when you look at the image, the stars actually that appear are astronomically correct. So there's this doctor in 1983 named Dr. Homero Hernandez, and also a priest worked with him Named Father Sanchez, and they discovered that the stars that hover over the image correspond precisely to the destinations that were in the winter sc- winter sky on December twelfth, fifteen thirty one. And if and as it is as if we see the image, it's looking from someone outside of the universe. It's a snapshot from heaven, where Juan Diego was with the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's also really important if you know constellations. The constellation Virgo, which represents virginal purity, appears over the area of Mary's heart. And the constellation Leo, which is a symbol of the lion, is over her womb. And we know the Lion of Judah is Jesus Christ. This emphasizes Christ is the king. And the perfect placement of these stars over the various constellations on the image is, just illustrates the infinite intelligence left behind on this miraculous image. The fourth astounding fact with this image is Mary's eyes are astonishingly, astonishingly lifelike. Of all the characteristics on the image, this is perhaps the most astounding. So they didn't have microscopes when this thing was built, right? So it's not like someone drew this image and put, put a microscope out of the pupils. But in the year 1929, and again in 1951, people took microscopes up to this image, and they found that you can actually detect Juan Diego, and you see three of him in her eyes, because that's the way light refracts off your eyes. And there is also a Peruvian um, ophthalmologist named Juan Aste Tasman. Um, he said he examined Mary's eyes over 2,500 times, And they in those you can see this huge magnification, and he took thirteen people. He found thirteen people um, in both the eyes at different proportions. It appeared to be at the very moment Juan Diego unveiled or unfurled his tilma before the bishop. (coughs) Excuse me. And Again, I would just say that don't make no sense. Like, how could they know, right? The fifth astounding fact is that Mary assumes a different ethnicity depending on one's vantage point. So it's pretty remarkable that that at one, the distance of Our Lady appears to be a Native American or an Aztec, but at another distance, she appears to be European descent. This miraculous feature, feature is meant to show the unity of the peoples and the two cultures in light of the true faith, because at this time we knew that in Europe the Reformation was happening, but also the different Spaniards were in the area of Mexico City trying to convert the Aztecs. So Mary implored the people of the New World to live as one. The sixth miraculous uh, fact of this, astounding fact of this image, is that the image, has a temperature, and it's always 98.6 degrees, which is obviously the temperature of the human body. This sixth miraculous feature concerning the image is its temperature, right? For those of you who don't know, do Fahrenheit, do Celsius, again, that's 36.5 degrees. But there's also that doctor that was looking at this, Dr. Carlos Fernandez, and he's a Mexican gynecologist. And after carefully examining the tilma and the image of the pregnant Madonna, concluded that the dimensions of her body were that of an expectant mother at the end of gestation. That uh, that does not make any sense. Like, How can that be? The seventh astounding fact with this image is how the native Indian population interpreted the image of Our Lady. The, The indigenous Indian population recognized the image of Our Lady Guadalupe, it could specify signs that Christianity was superior to their own belief system. One priest wrote this named Father Harold Rom, in this book called Am I Not Here? He wrote this. He said the Indians saw something in the image of Our Lady that the Spaniards did not comprehend. In that period, the Indians did their writing in hieroglyphics. So to, their, to them, the image was a hieroglyphic letter. The fact that the natives read the image is the most important in understanding the purpose of Our Lady's apparitions. To the Indians, he says, the image depicted a beautiful lady standing in front of the sun, a sign to them that she was greater than the sun, God, that they worshipped. I don't know how to pronounce that name, so I'm not going to try. But the crescent moon beneath her feet showed that their moon, God, which I can't pronounce again, um, was none, none less than that she was actually standing on it. And the stars, they thought, were so much only a, part, a portion of the part of her mantle. At her throat was a brooch with a small black cross in the center reminding them that this was the emblem of the Spanish friars, and there was no one greater than she. The eighth astounding fact is that in 2007, there was a miracle that emphasized Our Lady to become the patroness of the unborn and the pro-life movement. Among Our Lady of Guadalupe's many designations, she is venerated as a patroness of the unborn. The image shows Mary again as pregnant with Christ, and she is an unmistakable witness to the sanctity of life and the protection of the unborn. According to one account, at the end of a mass on October 24th in 2007 in Mexico City at the Guadalupe Shrine, this is what happened. At the end of mass, which was offered for aborted children, while many of the faithful were taking photographs of the tilma, Exposed and venerated in the basilica, the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary began to erase itself, to give place to an intense light which emanated from her abdomen, constituting into a brilliant halo, having the form of an embryo. That don't make no sense. Like, you got to be kidding me. The ninth astounding fact with this is that Our Lady of Guadalupe and the miracle of the roses. So it's important to know that the Spanish rulers of the native population were absolutely brutal and war between them seemed inevitable. So in the year 1531, the archbishop again of Mexico City prayed that our lady prayed to our lady of peace. And he was in a place of despair. And maybe that's where you find yourselves at times. So he's in this place of despair and he asked to receive roses of his native home in Spain. Our Lady told Juan Diego to present the bishop with her request that a church be built there where people could receive God's grace, and the bishop was exceedingly skeptical. And he asked that Our Lady produce a sign verifying her identity. That afternoon, Mary instructed Juan Diego the next day, which would be December 11th, and she would indeed provide that proof. Early in the, on the morning of the 12th, Juan Diego journeyed to find a priest so that his uncle could confess his sins before dying. So this wasn't very convenient for Juan Diego to be doing these things. Maybe it's not very convenient for you to be here, but he's in this place of inconvenience. And as he, he processed past Tepeyac Hill, he was afraid that Mary would interrupt his errand. And he went to the other side of the hill, but Our Lady came to meet him as she desires to meet each of you here tonight. Mary assured Juan that his uncle would recover. She told him to go to the top of the hill and to gather flowers there. Diego discovered growing in the frozen earth a miraculous garden of Castilian roses that are not native to Mexico. He put them Our Lady put them in his his tilma, and that answered prayer to the bishop came as a sign that she indeed is who she says he is. Flowers growing in the frozen ground, that don't make no sense. The tenth and final miracle with this image is the millions and millions of conversions that counteracted the Reformation. Mary came with an urgent message that was one of deep faith and hope and comfort to the indigenous population that was being oppressed by Spanish overseers. In a matter of months, she ended the Aztec culture of death. They would sacrifice one another, especially children, at an unthinkable scale. In the decade decade following her appearance, 10 million people converted to Catholicism creating this vibrant community of faith that persists even to this day. However, in Europe, there is also, about 15 years before that, the Protestant Reformation raged, and now four million people had already left the church in that time period. So at the moment that millions of people were leaving the church, now millions are coming into the church. And by divine providence, Our Lady was creating unity and a wellspring of deep devotion among the faithful in Mexico. Her words to Juan Diego, I ask you to hear them as if they are being spoken to you. Because again, this is fact or crap. And again, this is meant to be a healing ointment for us, for all those areas we've been cut up. And Mary comes to us to heal us. This is what she said to Juan Diego that I wanna end with. And I pray and hope that you receive it, to receive a deeper sense of hope and conviction that she is indeed with you. She said, my dear child, am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hallow of my mantle? in the crossing of my arms. So we ask you, Our Lady of Guadalupe, to be our mother, to hide us under your shadow and your protection, and to become the source of our joy. Please always keep us aware of your powerful intercession and help us know that nothing is impossible with God. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us.